so this is the title. We, as Nick has already mentioned, we, we tend to start in September and look at the academic year. August is a bit of a like non-month, really, uh, because not really a lot happens. Can't get much momentum to create change or do anything because people are in holiday mode. But September is a big kickoff time for us. So over the summer, we've spent some time praying, enjoying God, reading, investing, and really asking him a bit about this coming year. So this talk, warning you now, because some people get a bit touchy about it, this, walk, this talk involves money. I know. Jesus talked about it lots and lots and lots of times, um, and it is coming up. But if you get to the end of the talk and you think all Chris is talking about is needing money, you are so mistaken and you have utterly misunderstood the whole context of the talk. So um, you have been warned. Also, I may ruffle a few feathers. Is that all right? If your feathers get a bit ruffled. I said to the lot in the first service, if you don't like your toes trodden on, tuck them in. Because, you know, they may just slightly get, and I may get slightly excited. I just need to, they were the three things I needed to warn you of. So brilliant. Here's a question for you. In this coming year, so from September round to July, you can have August off, September round to July 20, what are you going after? What's going to be the hallmark of your year? Are you going to do exactly what you did last year? Are you going to keep things exactly the same way as they were? What are you going after exactly? What's going to change in your life? As we sometimes say here, if you keep doing what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got. So if you just do the same as you did last year, you're going to keep getting the same thing. So what do you want to see different for you in this coming year? And this guy, Paul, he wrote, he planted a few churches, started a few churches. One of them he planted was in a place called Philippi. And what's brilliant is he planted them and then he went on to plant other churches. Well, that was good, but it also meant he wrote back to the churches that he planted so that you could, and we're really glad he did. Um, because it means that the letters got found and they've ended up being collated into the Bible. So this is a letter he wrote to a church that he had planted a few years prior. And he says this, whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss. What? Whatever were gains to me, well, these are his gains. He says, I was, I, uh, well, I am, you'll see this in a minute, the most amazing Jew, the Jew of all Jews, the Hebrew of all Hebrews. I am from the tribe of Benjamin. As far as zeal goes, well, I persecuted Christians. I mean, for as, part, as sheer enthusiasm, you will not outdo me. When it comes to knowing the scriptures, the early part of the Bible, un, unfault, unfaltering. Unfaltering, that was the word I was trying to find. Unfaltering, knew them inside out, back to front. He said, you will not find a better qualified person than me. And then he says this, but whatever was gained to me, I now consider loss. Whatever, whatever it is, whatever your accolades are, so you might have, you might have some of these sorts of um, accolades. You might have... Well, I have a family who I look after. I'm on a rotor at my local church. I put a tenner in a poppy appeal pot. I looked after my neighbor's dog for a couple of hours. I hold down a job and own or rent a house. My kids are wonderful and at least vaguely acceptable to the rest of society. I'm a self-made person. I came from nothing. I've read the Bible in a year. I pray pretty much every day and my house is tidy. I even hoovered my car. And these might be some of the things that are hallmarks, if you like, 
They're almost like credentials. I always put lippy on before I leave the house. That might be another one of yours. I could add some onto that for me. Not the lippy one. I've got some different ones. Um, I could say, well, I'm a pastor. Therefore, I'm a respected figure in the community. I'm a former deputy head of a school. Um, I'm musical. I can't dance. I won't mention that. Uh, musical, I've had songs published and written things, etc. You could kind of go on. And then what Paul ends up saying here, he says, but I count all these things just loss. I consider everything a loss when I compare it to the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus. He then goes on, because you would be forgiven for thinking, I mean, they're all my accolades and <laughs> they are pretty good, but knowing Jesus is better. Uh, but no, he then carries on. And as Paul does, he says the same thing, but goes in deeper and goes in harder. And he says this. I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I've lost all things. I consider these garbage. Garbage. Now, if you go into the Greek for the word garbage, I can't repeat what the Greek actually means. Not because I don't speak Greek, which I don't, but because I would have to use such foul language that I don't want to put it on the podcast. That is what garbage means. It means the most detestable, trodden in dog poo that squeaks up between your toes. That detestable. Paul says, every accolade I have is just bleh compared to knowing Jesus. Not knowing, knowing Jesus. Just knowing him. Being known by him. This is what Paul says. He said, I just, my life is about knowing Jesus and him crucified. That's what Paul says. My life is just about knowing God. It's such a passion because I love him so much. It's such a joy to me. This isn't a dry knowing him. This isn't a knowing him. This is a oh, knowing him. I love him. I love his presence. So God is so gracious. He's compassionate. He abounds in love. He is fun. God's got an incredible sense of humor. God loves to get, take us on adventures. He is merciful. He is creative. He is faithful. I mean, like seriously, he's the best dad you could ever have. If you ever felt like you needed a saviour, which if you don't feel like you need a saviour, have a look in the mirror. But if you, if you ever felt like you needed a saviour, if you could write out what a saviour should be like, you would end up basically describing Jesus. Because the ultimate person who's going to be a saviour for you is someone who's prepared to die for you. They love you that much that they would die in your place. And I, for one, think that's jolly good news. Um, so <laughs> we walk knowing him. This is God's plan for us. So um, a guy called Bill Johnson, he sometimes does this. He says, when Jesus was baptised... He went down into the Jordan and then the, the Spirit of God alighted on him. Basically, the, the Spirit of God came on him and like sat, rested on him. But the thing about doves is they're very flighty, very flitty, and they'll go. They'll go in a moment. You can alert, you can scare them. 
So there is a, a way of living that is just aware all the time of God's presence. Obviously, he's not actually on your shoulder. He's in your heart. If you've said yes to him, he's in your heart. So you go into every situation saying, Holy Spirit, what are you looking to do? What opportunity awaits in this room? What I find too often is I go into a room and I'm hassled and I'm bothered and I'm frustrated and da-da-da, da-da-da, da-da-da. Let's, let's just waste of time. Because the Holy Spirit's saying, hello, Chris, can I get through to you? Chris, are you there? Are you there? Not literally, but you know. I'm like, I'm just too annoyed about this, that and the other. I don't want to live my life like that. I don't want this next year, the hallmark of this next year, to be anything other than I'm just walking, knowing his presence at every moment. I often feel goosebumps for his presence. I don't mean cold goosebumps, like just a tingle. And God's presence isn't meant to be something that is dry. It isn't meant to be something that's learned. It is genuinely something that's felt. Some people feel this incredible peace. Some people feel heat. They, some people feel like almost like a cold shiver. They feel all kinds of things. And it's just God loving us. He wants us to know him, to encounter him. So Paul goes on. He's saying, I haven't already obtained all this. In other words, I'm not there. I'm not there yet. Can I add me onto that? So not there yet. Nick will tell you if you're not sure. Um, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. I press on. I press on. So here's the thing. I'll come on to press on in a minute. You're pressing on to lay hold of that for which Jesus got hold of you. Did you know that even if you think, well, I don't even know who Jesus is. Do you know what? I don't even believe. I think it's a load of rubbish. I don't know what I think. No, no, no. It doesn't matter. I'm telling you now, God's got a plan for you for this next year. He has got a plan for you for this next year. And it is a blooming good one. It's not a naff one. It's not a dull one. It's not to take you through some hideous experience. It's not to smite you with cancer or something awful like that. God's plans for you are good. And right now, God has a plan for you. He has a plan for you for today. He has a plan for you for this week, for September, for this year. There is absolutely no way that God's plan for you will be that this time next year, the only difference in your life is you've got a few more grey hairs. God's got adventures for you. Do you realise there are some sick people? We tend to talk about Asher quite a lot here. For, forgive us for um, visitors. But do you realise right now there are sick people in Ashford that God is lining up to have an encounter with one of us. So we say, we can pray for you and we can see something change and break in their life. Poverty is going to be broken in people's lives this year. Mental health is going to be broken in people's lives this year. Like the cycles of just depression and anxiety that just go round and round and round. But this is what Paul says. He says, I press on to lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus laid hold of me. So I did a bit of Greek rumbling around as well for this one. Pressing on. It's, it's this. You see these people in the race with their slightly straining faces? This is where the Greek word for pressing on really comes from. And it means you use it in a race to get to the finish, to chase after, to listen Pursue in a hostile manner. I am going after God this year. I want the very best of what he has. 
I'm going after it. If this isn't a, well, I just, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, I go to church when I can, but I'm, I have other things on, you know. I mean, look, the sun's shining. Let's just sack it off and go to the beach. And I mean, I went to a circle like 18 months ago, but oh, I don't know, it wasn't really me. And I mean, I'm okay. I put a fiver in the pot when I go. And, you know, I mean, generally just I amble along. And if you're like that, don't take up athletics. In fact, don't really take up anything other than sitting in front of the telly because you're probably not going to get much achieved. And Paul says about pressing on. I'm straining. It's like I'm going after it. I'm going to get there. Oh, I'm too tired for straining, Chris. I'm too tired for straining. I understand. I understand. I've said this to God about this coming year. I said to God, more than ever, I want to know you. He, I like in every situation, I want to feel you. I want to know you're there. I'm going to ask your wisdom every place I go into. Show me people that are ready for an encounter with you. I want to be that person. I, I, let me in on the action, God. Is that all right? Can I come and play? I want to come and play. This sounds great. And you might say, oh, Chris, you're just making it all sound like a load of fun. What about people who, um, who are grieving? Yeah, I want to be alongside them too, because that's an absolute privilege that we have to be standing alongside someone who's just suffered incredible loss. And it's never a privilege we should shirk. It's an honor to get to do life with people in that way. But you, I've asked God, I want to walk with you. But I can't, I can't do everything, God. I can't like read the Bible five times in this year and do this and do this and do this and do this and do this. So I, while I was on holiday, I was asking God, God, what can I do that will enable me to know you more in this year? I want to experience you more, feel you more. And it took a few days. I kept, just kept asking God, kept bringing it up with him. And in the end, God said this. Be ready. This is profound. Chris, go to bed earlier. Is that it? Yep. Go to bed earlier. And in that moment, I knew, I realized that when I get tired, I get negative and I stop hearing God. I stop knowing him because I'm so bothered by everything else. So God's profound wisdom for me experiencing him more this year is get to bed earlier. So I'm trying. Up to bed for 10, lights out 10.30. I'm trying. And it might be the same for you. I don't know. But what are you going to make the center of your affection this coming year? Because actually, it all stems out of that if you set your affection on him. Oh, well, I don't really do affection. I know. I know we don't really like affection, unless you're Italian. But I know us like Brits type thing, we don't really, do, it's not part of the British culture. We do stiff upper lip. We do excited face, sad face, grieving face. We do that thing and we call it stoic. I call it stupid because we were given emotions and they're there for a reason. Our hearts are able to sing and express things. And that's what it's there for. But what are you going to make the object of your affection? I've got some excuses at the moment. Liverpool, top of the league. 
I have to. I have to consider that garbage compared with knowing Jesus. And I'm all right with that. Because you know what? It's 22 overpaid people kicking a bit of leather around some grass. And the amount of money they earn, frankly, is immoral. I love football, but that's immoral. It's ridiculous. So my affection is definitely not there. But where's your affection? Netflix? Let me ask you a question. Add up the amount of telly you're going to watch this year, or even better, add up the amount of telly, roughly, you watched last year. Let's say, on average, you watch an hour a day. Okay? So that's... Wasn't a leap year last year, 365 hours of television that you have watched. Okay? Let me ask you this question How is your life richer for that? It's a bit of a switch off, and there's nothing wrong with telly. We've got a telly, we've got a couple. It doesn't make your life richer. And as for Facebook, good grief, and social media, there's a book in the Bible called Ecclesiastes, written by a guy called Solomon. And the summary of the entire book is it's meaningless. Everything's meaningless is the summary, really, of that book in the Bible. So as I've got older, um, I mean, I'm, I'm now late 30s, uh, and, and a few more after that. So I'm 47, uh, and, but the, the older I'm getting, the more and more I'm realizing, do you know, so much is just honestly meaningless particularly when I put it next to knowing Jesus. That like, that honestly, I sound like a cheesy like preacher, pastor person. There is nothing I know that feels like knowing Jesus. Like, like nothing. Not even McDonald's. I know. So many things that you, I could consider gain and I just consider them lost compared with knowing him. So... This is where I talk just a little bit about Asher Vineyard and what we've been up to in the last year. So here's some things. Just this year, just in 2019, we've seen 18 people have said some kind of yes to Jesus. 457 families have benefited from hampers, storehouse, dress for success, mummy's meals and the food store. 11 young people have received mentoring. There are two that are about to start and eight on the waiting list because we can't find enough mentors. Nine people have been baptised. Over 100 people prayed for in just 11 week of hots, weeks of hots. And if you add some of the miracles we've seen here as well, we would estimate there are upwards of 200 just physical miracles. 200 coincidences, if you're not sure that God exists. 200 coincidences. Um, and honestly, some of those you could say, well, is that psychosomatic? I don't know. Maybe that's psychosomatic. Well, there's 200 psychosomatic healings, so that's fabulous, because the pain still seems to be going. And so we, we, so we would say as a, a miracle is something that isn't really naturally expected. And thankfully, the bar for that is moving around here, because we're just expecting it more and more. But you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Um, 250 phone calls received at the warehouse. Over 300 visitors um, have all dropped by for help. We've got 60 families at the school uniform exchange, 15 circles, small groups running. That's amazing. It is really good because it's still going up. Sunday attendance has increased by 4%. Yeah. I do, I'm just going to have a little moan. Is that, can, I, can I just for 30 seconds? Okay, this is a slight aside. When people say, oh, I just I struggle to get there for 
like, yeah, if the queen were waiting here for you and the queen's consort had rung you up and said, the queen wishes to see you at 9.30 at the warehouse, you'd be here at 9.25, at least. I'm sorry, yes, could you just let the queen know I'm really not very good on a Sunday morning and I do like a lion, so I'll be there when I get there. No one would say that. I don't mind what time people turn up. It's not that thing. It is a... It is a heart that says, oh, God, I just want you. I want to get there early. I want to get there early, and I want to sit in every chair and pray for every chair, for the person who's going to sit in that chair. I want to get there early, and I'm deliberately on the lookout because I've been up praying, and God's given me a word for someone who's wearing a red skirt and a stripy blue and white top. And I'm waiting to see who it is because God's given me a word for them because I am ready to give that thing. Anyway, I'll, I'll just keep treading on toes and keep going for a minute. Um, so we still, um, we've supported the Beehive to the tune of about 10K. We, uh, we've got toddlers, bumps to babes, book clubs, coffee clubs. We still sponsor Ashford Sings. 279 prayer requests have gone down the prayer tree. Who's on the prayer tree? Excellent. If you're not, speak to Ruth. But massive thank you to Ruth um, and to Paul as well for uh, sorting all that. AV Kids are seeing... 20% more children upstairs than this time last year. Youth has just started a circle, taking another group to DTI. We have just become Ashraborough Council's officers' charity of the year because they love what we do and want to hook in with us. A thousand hours is to run again. Last year, 13,000 hours and 25 schools this year, is it? We're linked in with. Incredible. Beehive has 45 volunteers, has given away nearly 1,200 pounds worth of clothes to 42 ladies who came as referrals, and it's not even a year old. Ridiculous stuff. There's a, a lady who physically experiences the Holy Spirit every time she comes to work. Not that she knows that. This is in the Beehive. She gets goosebumps and is overwhelmed with emotion and cries. Uh, there's another um, lady whose name I won't say. She's 17. She's suffered mental health problems most of her teenage years. She's always been very self-conscious of her legs because she has scars from cutting herself. Since volunteering in the shop, she's got a lot more confidence and now wears a dress. This opened an up, up an opportunity for her to have a conversation with another young girl who said she doesn't have the confidence to wear a dress as her legs are the same. A lady came in with her new baby. She said it was the only place in town she felt safe to come. A lady had her first session of talking therapy somewhere else. She was feeling very shaken, and the first place she thought of to come was the beehive as she felt safe there. Do you realize we had someone the other week who was prayed for at the beehive because they were walking near the beehive and someone else was walking past. They got into a conversation and they said that they, had, they were feeling something. I can't remember whether it was a physical thing, an emotional thing, what it was. And someone said, oh, you need to go into the beehive. They do that prayer thing in there. They'll pray for you in there. And that person came in and got some prayer. And we still don't even know who the person was who referred to them. We're getting referrals into the beehive from people who don't even do Jesus. Just say you need to go into that beehive place. Absolutely ridiculous. We love it. We continue to give about 5% of our income to Vineyard UK uh, to help support all they do. We need around 1,000 per week just to run the warehouse, physically run the warehouse. We have three pastors, six cluster leaders, and around 50 wider leaders, nine members of staff, Three pastors, an office administrator, a kids team leader, a site manager, compassion administrator, kids administrator, a beehive leader, 
Only, I'm the only one full-time, as it happens. We have a new set of trustees and a revamped finance team, both of whom meeting regularly. Dave and Laura are off to plant Dover Vineyard in January. <laughs> and we're going to have a giving day um, in January as well for them. Uh, Mark and Mads uh, are hoping to plant this year too. Kennedy, our intern is coming at the end of September. We have just been approved as a sponsoring body to be able to release sp visa sponsors. So we've just been approved. Should have been eight weeks, came after five. So we are now fully licensed to be able to do that and so much more. So much more. I, in the end, I thought, I'm going to keep it to three slides. I, on a, I could have kept going. God is so on the move. There are so many things happening. And it's wonderful. It's really wonderful. So we need about 300k a year, just over a quarter of a million a year. At the moment, to make ends meet, we need about another 25,000. We're honestly not worried. God is so faithful. God is so faithful. Do you know I got a phone call um, or was spoken to by our bookkeeper. He said, Chris, you realise the funds are getting a bit low. I said, I know, it's that time of year, we know. He said, no, 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 really low. Like, I'm not sure how we're going to be able to pay the salaries. Boom, just come back off holiday. Oh, right, okay, I refuse to give in to fear and doubt. I refuse because I know who my dad is. So Nick and I went away and we told nobody. We came up with a list as long as our arm of things we could do to fix this. And we said, no, we're not, no, no. We're at least going to stay the evening, um, hold our tongue this evening. In the morning, let's wake up. Let's go before God, see what we need to do to fix this. So we got home, various little bits of conversation, and then we said, we just need to pray. And we said, Father God, we know you're a good God, and we know that we are not making mistakes here. We know we're not perfect. No kid is, but God, you're a good dad, and we're just simply trusting you. Within... Four minutes, I got a text to say that some of the gift aid hadn't been put in, and so there should be 10 grand arriving from gift aid any day, and someone had just made a 10 grand donation. We cried, like you do, because God's so good. That's what it's like. And we, also, we want to be able to up Chris to five days. He's three at the moment. He's on holiday. Pay for a compassion support worker, like, my goodness, a compassion support worker is needed. And ideally, someone we can pay, and maybe in media or finance, so many things. Um, so this is an example of a support worker. A lady came to Compassion Cafe. She met Vicky and the team. Her husband had recently left her, meaning her and her son were left with very little. We arranged for gift cards, some food for her, and some clothes for her son. This lady assured us that things would get better. This week, we received a call, and things have not got better in the last month. We worked together with the Beehive, and she has now been referred to CAP. And we are also working with her to refer to early help and get her the right long-term support she needs to break the cycle she has got herself in. It would be great to have a support worker who can come alongside her, encourage her, and help her along this road. I want 30 support workers full-time. That's what we need. That's what our town needs. We have the hope of the universe living on the inside of us, begrudgingly watching Netflix with us. 
Sorry, close to the mark again. So anyway, we have a number of local links, which I can't read out. There's so many. Homestart, Health Visiting Team, Job Centre, no, 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 loads. We're reviewing our aims and values at the moment in this coming year. Compassion Support Worker, I've kind of mentioned it. Got a brand new website. We've got the podcast, the plugged in guide, the impact card. Um, as you can see, we're challenging people to say, see in their life if they can pray one person into saying yes to Jesus this year. Five people healed. Worship is intensifying. God is getting ready to pour more of his presence and power. They're not the same thing. His presence is for our benefit. His power is for our town's benefit. We need both. Power without his presence will go bang. And if we have just his presence and never actually begin to exercise his power then that's just selfish. That's just selfish. So here's a challenge. In this coming year, what are you going after? What are you going to go after? What are you going to change? What are you going to prioritize? Are you saying to yourself, I must watch more telly this year. I need to spend more time on Facebook this year. Becoming more and more depressed by the fake lives that get shown on there and the people who are campaigning for things that they really need to find a better thing to campaign about. I don't know how many hours I've lost to Facebook and I begrudge every single one of them because actually I just want to do life with people, not a pseudo life with people. I'm sorry if you're a Facebook fan um, and you absolutely love it. It can be used for good. It just isn't very often. I-M-H-O. So my aims this year are to go hard after him. I'm going after God. I want everything he's got for me. I'm not saying to myself, I'm going to get up at 4 a.m. and pray. That's stupid. I'll last three days. And then I'll be so grumpy that it just really isn't worth it. And everyone will be, Chris, will you stop praying at 4 a.m.? Get over yourself. He doesn't need your performance. He wants your intimacy. He wants your heart. So I want to listen more. I want to be more aware. And as Paul says, I want to throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and run with perseverance, the race marked out for me. So what does it look like for you to throw off everything that hinders? You might need to ditch some of your relationships. You might need to get your nose out of the news feed. I have two news apps, sometimes three. And the other morning I was looking, I felt God say, what are you doing? Oh, I'm just reading the news. Why? I mean, read the headlines and pray for them. But the rest of it is scaremongering. Well, of course it is. Because the world says one thing and God says, oh, I'm saying something else. I'm not terrified by Brexit. Why should I be? I've got God. God's not going, oh, Brexit, Gabriel, what are we going to do? God's not worried. God's not worried about Brexit. God's not going on a march over Brexit. I'm not criticising people going on a march over Brexit, but like, this is where we have to find our perspective. If you're worried about Brexit, press into God because he's not. If you're worried about your health, press into God because he's not worried about your health. He just loves you and is inviting you this year to press into him. So I think for some of us, just a final word, and then we're going to pray and wrap up. It's, not, it's good timing. This is, um, and it's this. I have noticed, this is my mistake, and I'm just simply going to tell you my mistake. If the cat fits, wear it. If not, let it pass. I have noticed how easy it is, the more you watch television, the more you get involved in social media, the more you read news apps, the more, the more, the more, the more you have your cosmopolitan 
issue in front of you, whatever it is you read, take a break if you prefer, um, what you find is you are constantly being bombarded with a different way of thinking is not who we are if you've said yes to Jesus. And you start to soak it up. You start to take it in and you start to believe it. It's like imbibing. It like starts to permeate you. And sometimes it just takes a cough from God. <coughs> like, yeah, wow. Woo. I'm starting to think that's normal. I mean, everyone uses Tinder, right? I mean, <laughs> it's just normal. I mean, it's just, no. It's abhorrent. What? Tinder? Why are we accepting a program on the telly where you can choose who you're going to hang out with based on what they look like naked? Oh, I mean, I watch it. It's really funny. Why are you watching that program? Put something better in front of your eyes. Put something better in your ears. For you people who have the radio on all the time, I've got some advice. Three words. Turn it off. You're just filling your mind, your constant stream of stuff, of stuff, of stuff, of stuff. And God's going, I can't get a word in. Will you turn that off? I'm trying to talk to you. You don't need the radio on all the time. You don't need the telly on as background. I know it's challenging, and sorry if your toes are currently quite bruised. But we have a year ahead. And this academic year, I said before, uh, we had like a little briefing at 9am. I said to them this morning, it's the first day of September. Do you realise you're never going to get September 2019 ever again? Ever. What are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with this month? What are you going to make of it? Are you just going to do, oh, I'll probably just do the same as I did in August. Okay. Go on an adventure. Risk something new. We're going to pray because we need to stop. Let's stand, shall we? Father, we want to go after you. We want to let go of our hurt, our past, our unbelief, our negativity. We want to let go of our struggles and just run after you. We want to know what it feels like to be embraced by you. We want to know what it feels like to walk day after day with your arm around our shoulder. God, we give you our wallets. We give you our diaries. We give you our friendships. Spend us as loose change from your pocket. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Men. Thanks for listening to our podcast today, and we hope you enjoyed it. For more information, visit ashfordvineyard.org or maybe drop into something if you're nearby. In the meantime, have a great week and know just how loved you are. <laughs>